we have always been a church in an unusual place, church in a surprising place, and today is um, no exception. This is, um, well, it's your living rooms or it's your dining rooms and those kind of things. So I want to give you a huge uh, welcome along to Sundays for the next uh, two or three months. So if you are, and it's possible today that, that we might have, um, we might be engaging with different people. If you're an old friend, um, welcome listening back in. Maybe you used to come to church a while ago and you're giving us a shot. If you're from, if you're from a distant shore, if you're from like miles away, awesome. And you should totally um, give us a message and say hello and I don't know, furthest, furthest, yeah, furthest away person gets a free coffee whenever you get back to cash, <laughs> uh, that, that kind of thing. If you are, um, if you are an accidental viewer, so if you have just stumbled upon this feed and you're like, what, what on earth is this? First of all, be nice, be kind. This is our first shot, but you are so welcome. Stick around and listen along. And if you are, as I expect, uh, most, most of you are our awesome congregation that we've not seen for a whole week and that we're not going to see face to face for the next three months or so, um, welcome, uh, what we're going to try and do over the next 40 minutes or so is is have a church service, is get you as near to um, to a church service as we can. So we're going to gather together, kind of, as much as we can. So um, uh, we are here. You are all interconnected by the cloud, that kind of thing. We're going to gather together. Uh, we're going to, as we would do in church, we're going to refocus on something bigger. So always the way, isn't it, when you rock up at church? There's that moment during the first worship song or second worship song or prayer time or whatever where your attention is refocused. We're gonna it's church, we're gonna try and do that again. That's our hope. And we're gonna open God's word up and let him speak. Hopefully we'll be leading you to a place where you wanna pray and you wanna praise, you wanna sing, perhaps. And you can do that because we won't know. And you wanna worship God. Um if you wanna get in touch with us and we really want to encourage you to get in touch with us. You can search for us on, I don't know how you're watching how you're watching us at the moment, what platform you're watching us on. You can search for us on Facebook. You can tweet us at XChurch. There you go. You can tweet us at XChurch. And we've set up a new um, email to try and help you uh, stay in touch with us. That's hello at xchurch.org. Um, so, and there's a bunch of reasons why we want you to get in touch. Um, so we're going to quiz, well, I guess Jude's going to quiz me and Paul a little bit later on this book of Judges, and we want you to ask a few questions. If you've got questions in your head, you might have been at home all week, you might have a question in your head about that, we want you to send us a, a question in. Um, you might just want to tell us how you are, how you're doing. You might have things you want to pray about, you might want to send those things in. Another thing um, I'd like us maybe to think about, I thought it'd be good to connect us up to try and share f five, five words that kind of sum up how you feel, how you've coped with coronavirus over the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, just send them, send them in. Wisdoms that you've learnt, fears that you have, struggles that you've gone through, uh, so we can share them uh, with you, so we can share them with each other and we can pray about that. If you want to listen to this um, again, if you sort of come halfway through, um, you can listen to this talk as with all of our other talks um, on our podcast. Um, that's 
you find that on our website, Christchurch. Um, it's xchurch.org, or you can just search that on any good podcast. Okay, I want to fill you in. Um, obviously, the way we do church has changed, so we aren't eyeballing each other. We aren't giving each other the Christian handshake, any of that kind of stuff, but there, there's lots lots still going on, so I just want to share some of that stuff um, with you. So the first thing I wanted to um, throw you away is the book club, um, which comes up um ordinarily that would meet every every four weeks actually we don't always meet every four weeks um and we go through a book and ordinarily if i'm honest the book's huge um our book club chief will younger likes uh, throws these big philosophical books at us and uh, this week it's mere christianity by c.s lewis it's a great read it's on Kindle at 99p, so you could pick it up on Kindle. You might well have it on your shelves already. Um, give it, give it a look, give it a read, and if you um, if you want to join the book club, just send us your <coughs> send us your details on our uh, e- on our email. Also, going on uh, over the next couple of weeks, we've kind of beefed up our email. Um, so ordinarily we send out an email every two weeks with a bunch of stuff on there, but we wanted it to be, um, well, we really want to connect with you. We feel like <coughs> we feel is a frustration. It's things that we want to communicate and we want to serve you and we want to look after you and we want, we want you to have stuff to do. So if you don't already get our email, just follow the details, <laughs> follow the details there and subscribe to our email that'll be a great help for you there's loads more stuff going to be in there so there's going to be um kids worksheets kids activities that kind of stuff we're going to up the blog uh, ratio we're going to put some study notes in there and we're going to have a load of stuff for you to pray about so just real ways um for you to connect uh, dude i think um i think there's probably i don't know if you could jump in there's probably more going on with the kids work yeah i think the plan is that over um the next few weeks we'll try and get something a bit more concrete in um, we're hoping to put some worksheets and activities on the email that your kids can do by themselves or um, with the family and if you get a messenger message um, for your kids to join then we're hoping that maybe on a Sunday morning we'll be able to have a group chat where the kids can interact with one another Okay, that's great. Thank you. There's also going on, we have life groups. We have life groups and we have uh, the youth. Yeah, so the youth will be meeting online again. Um, of course, you know who you are if you're in the youth and you'll be connecting up. But if you want to, um, if, if you've got some teenage angst that you want to deal with, if, if you want to connect up with other teenagers, then again, drop us a line give us your uh, details email us and we'll get back to you and we'll connect you up uh, with all of our youth there's also as i say there's life groups um, that will be happening if you're not so obviously we're not meeting up face to face and we're not encouraging uh, to meet up for face to face but we don't know how things are going to go over the next little while we don't know um what we're going to be advised to do what's going to be smart for us to do so i think Life groups can be a really good way of connecting over social media. Um, it can be really helpful to, to know that somebody's got your back and somebody's praying for you, that kind of stuff. So if that's something that interests you, again, there is an email up on the screen. Uh, if you want to chase that up, that would be great. Okay, um, 
So Jude, Paul, I don't know if you can, if our audio is working well enough. Uh, do you have? We've, we're going to have a feature over the next couple of couple of weeks. Um, social distancing in five words. I just wondered, do you? Do either of you two have? Can you think of five words that I'm putting you on the spot a little bit? But it gets me off you the are. spot a little bit. Um, can, can, can you think in 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 five words um, how how you would sum up your Corona experience or what any wisdoms that you've gleaned? I'll give you um, I'll give you two of mine first to to give you a couple of seconds to think on your. Two phone. of yours is ten words. All right, well, I've got, I'm an introvert. My mind's active. Okay. Um, first, what? Yeah, five words. I'm an in introvert. Misses handshakes and hugs. That's been my experience. Introvert misses handshakes and hugs so i think we overlook the beauty of a handshake i've really i'm gonna mourn the absence i'm not really a hugger although i'm missing a hug at the moment but a handshake definitely and another one more time with my kids more time with my kids have you have either of you two got five words five words um, five, five words this makes life much cheaper Glass half full. This makes life much cheaper. Jude, have you got one? Um, it's not original, I'm afraid. Our friends at Cielo Coffee were posting this week, and they were saying their five words were um, physical distancing, not social distancing. And I quite like that because we're being quite social online all the time and things. So it's physical distancing, not social distancing. So I thought that was quite good. Crack it. So yeah, I've, here's 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 mine. I want to pad out a little bit for you. Maybe maybe think. We'd love to hear your five words that are five words of wisdom, five words that are getting you through. Here's mine. It matters how we care. I think um, one of the things that's blown me away over the last little while has been observing the character of our NHS nurses and doctors and everybody else. I just think they've been. And it's almost like you can sort of, I'm sure not everybody is the same, but it's almost like you can see the, their caring hearts coming out, you know, sort of the, the almost the worse, the more we need them to care, um, the more that we seem to see the character of those people. And as I look back at like as, at the Gospels, stories of Jesus, that's, and I probably should have seen this way more, that's, that's so often where Jesus is. It's, it's so it's Jesus is often um, stopping. There's a there's a there's a verse that repeats over and over again. Filled with compassion, he stopped. So the, you know it's it's like this repeated refrain throughout Jesus' actions. He's he keeps bumping into people. So around about these times, you know, there's there are there are there are viruses. There are loads of illnesses, and Jesus is right right in the middle of it, stopping, filled with compassion, and that. I think probably more than I appreciated that is reflected in this, in like the birth of the church. So this, the church starts off, this, the early church starts off and it looks more like a, it looks more like a hospital than a church half the time. It's full of people that have got no money, people that are struggling. It's full of, you know, people that, that are ill and they're being looked after. And there's this real heart of care that sort of shapes much of the, much of the early church. And, I guess as this thought's permeated in my head, I've I've become aware that half of our hospitals are either St. James 
or sent this or sent that. They've loads of them have got church connections. Loads of them are born out of Christians or churches that had real care and real compassion uh, for people that people that weren't well, people that were sick. I think it is, and I, I think there's wisdom about what we do with it. But I think we are really identified. Historically, we are identified with how we care. Like when it's really tough, when it's really rubbish, whenever there, when, if you look back, dig around your history books, there are Christian characters, there are, the church steps up, it rallies around. Now, the last thing our nation wants is us chasing around, giving everybody hugs and uh, grabbing them and dragging them into church and all the rest of it. But, it, you know, caring's going to look like, for the moment, it's going to look like sitting on your couch. Uh, but who knows over the next three months and it is built into our dna so th yeah those are my first first five words please share your own it matters how we care okay i'm just going to um one of the other things we do at church as we think about i don't know if anybody sent in um we've, five had, words. we've had one five words in ash all right go and share it no day but today act which is a good one no day no day but today act yeah does that mean is the inference we we embrace today i think yeah i guess so so one of the things that we um that's great thanks for that continue to send them and maybe we'll share a few more at the end um one of the things that we do ordinarily at church is and we're going to do just now is we pray. Um, and so at church, one of us will often it'll be the case that one of us will stand at the front and and we can all sort of connect around the prayer. But one of the I guess one of the brilliant things about prayer is ultimately what's happening is I'm talking to God. So in a sense, we're all miles apart. We might even be hundreds of miles apart, but yet we are. We've got this great, huge listening ear of our heavenly father who is who is listening in on what we're saying. So. I want if you're if you're a Christian at home, if you are somebody who prays, then take this moment just to feel like you're part of a big prayer and um, join in. And if and if there's gaps, as I'm thinking about what to pray through, then fill them with your own prayers because there's lots that we've got our God to um, ask for. So I'm going to invite you now, if you pray, um, to pray uh, with me. Father, we come before you, um, celebrate your awesomeness. We're glad that you see over all this, gives us great joy, humbles us. Father, we just come before you, and as we know that, and we celebrate that, and we ask that whoever it is that gets to make the big decisions, whoever, whoever, whoever the people are that are shaping our nation at this time, we just pray uh, that what motivates them will be care and compassion. We just pray uh, that they will be wise, uh, that they will make wise decisions. Uh, we pray for ourselves. We pray for the mob of people uh, that we become, either for really good things or towards really bad things. We pray that at times when, when we're filled with fear and we're anxious, uh, that we won't just see ourselves, Father God, that we'll be moved um, to see other people. 
yeah, this is our prayer that you will, that you will, will be so moved um, to see other people in this time. We just bring before you those uh, that are vulnerable. We pray that you will fill our hearts um, with compassion for these people. We pray that they will be the recipients of, of common grace. Uh, we pray that your love will so spread out amongst us, even whether we have faith uh, in you or not. What we know of you will uh, beam out and radiate that, that these people are cared for. We put them into your hands when we can't grab them. Father God, we pray for our church. We pray um, at this time that that even though we might not see each other, that we and we might not see each other for a few months, we just pray that it will be a time when we really seek your face. It will be a time when we really um, get to know you again, uh, maybe even in our fears and in our, our anxieties, that you will be our God, uh, that you will be our rescuer. And so we pray, as Jesus taught us to pray, Father God in heaven, Help us just now to know the holiness of your name. Help us just now to live in light of the certainty of our eternal hope in you. We pray that you'll give us enough of what we need for today. And we pray that we will know that that's enough and that we will trust you for that. We pray that you'll forgive us when we mess up. And that you'll help us to have that same forgiving heart for everyone else. We pray that you'll lead us down a road away from fear, hate, anger, and selfishness, and greed. And you'll lead us to confidence in an awesome, loving God who incredibly sits over all this. We pray that at this time, as we honor you and as we see who you are, we will bring you glory. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, um, we were planning to, at this point, have a song, um, but you'll have to bear with us. We wanted to lead you in worship. We wanted to um, to share a song with you together. So um, the song, maybe you can, uh, maybe somebody could help me. I can't, the song is about being still, and we were going to share this with you, and we were going to play it through, but um, we're still, we're, we're a work in progress, technically, so I'm going to just <laughs> read out verbatim. What Sharbs has, um, Sharb and one of our band members, we said to the band, could you, could you give us a praise song every week? We want to we wanna, um, stimulate our congregation to praise. We want to still have a song in our hearts, and we want that to be maybe even the song that we carry through our working week. So Sharbs, um, one of our worship leaders, uh, she, she, um, she picked out this song. So I'll just read you verbatim what she said. She says, I think it's relevant at this time because it's so easy to get inside our heads with something this big going on in the world, we easily get caught up in the panic and the news, especially with all the social media around, and we forget just how big our God is. Sometimes we just need to be still and trust that he is at work in this present time. Through the uncertainty, he is God. He is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He knows the beginning and the end. Uh, be still and know that he is the great I am. He has it all under control, even when we don't. Which is, um, yeah, let those words uh, resonate. And yeah, we can't bring you this song, but if you, um, if after this you're feeling worshipful, um, 
turn to Psalm uh, 46, uh, where that refrain is really emphasized in there. Okay. Jude's going to pick up now, and we're going to work our way through a bunch of questions in the book of Judges. Good. Before we just turn to the Judges, um, let me just... Uh, we've had a couple more five words. Uh, we've had keep valuing the simple things. And good one. Thanks for that. And uh, time for reading and wandering. Uh, as a church, we've been looking at the Book of Judges. That's been our reading since Christmas, really. And uh, we've been going through that systematically week after week. The Book of Judges, if you're not familiar with it, is a historical book in the Old Testament. And probably it wasn't uh, part of my role to choose the the book of Judges, and Ash and Paul, I wondered, why did you choose this book? With all the uh, very interesting plot lines and all that kind of stuff, why did you choose Judges for us to study over the last few months? So I think one of the uh, things that we want to do as part of Christchurch is that we want to look at the Old Testament, we want to look at the New Testament, uh, and we want to think uh, practically each time through the year. So what that helps us to do is is to see God's journey with the world. And so by going to the Old Testament, and we work through it chronologically, um, one, it means that we get to really tough passages that we've got to work through. And uh, it also means that we can go on a journey of understanding how God has worked out this amazing plan of salvation. And uh, if you want to five words, really, for the book of Judges, um, you could say, in spite of everything that goes on in that book, God is still in control. Uh, that's the way uh, we're... <laughs> Yeah. Yes. yes, it's taken it's me 10 minutes to check that it's five. <laughs> um, but but that, that's the big story in the middle of all of these difficulties, challenges, uh, rebellion of God's people. God is still in control. Okay, I, I'm, I, so there is a sense, yeah, I, we, it was it was the next book after Joshua and it was and we want to. <laughs> There's, a, there's an element of we want to keep telling you know I think God's all, you know God's breathed this out in a in a pretty good way so we, we're happy to follow that but also one of the things that resonated I think with both of us was ha just how honest it is the book and how honest it makes you when you read it I think often with um, often with often with faith one of the traps that we have is that you kind of think it's all something that you can do and keep working at hang on to you know hold you know and there is a, there's truth in that but at the same time, this is a book that really, it's a bit like a Black Mirror episode that really makes, shows you the world exactly how it is and where you sit in it and how and how much I think that we need uh, rescue. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, gets you to, it gets you to ask those questions all the way through when you see, when you see the characters develop, the heroes you're kind of half hoping, um, but actually that just are vulnerable and let you down. It, it makes you realize, or it gives you, I, if, I mean, if you're a cynic, if you're not, 
if you're not um, if you're not a Christian and you're looking at this book kind of outside looking in, it, 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 and you follow the stories through, you'll maybe, you'll maybe see you'll you'll look you'll look at that at the first hand and you read those stories and you think man they're distant and they're weird but actually you watch the news on a night it's quite similar and it makes you think it maybe pops the question in the back of your head what what could save all this i think it puts yeah. that in there yeah it's funny that idea of the black mirror the bible shown is what we're really like one of the things when um been, when we've been reading judges is my own frustration at the people of Israel like how are they not getting who God is do you know they've had this miraculous story of a nation from Abraham giving God a promise to Egypt and this incredible bringing out of Egypt when they were in slavery God telling them they're going to get this perfect land and then them getting the perfect land and Joshua, here they are and kind of made up for life and they still don't get who God is. Like, what's that all about? Why, why do you think they fail to see that time and time again? I think on the one hand, God's taken us on this journey of understanding that we can't work out our salvation. So in one sense, God's people are uh, being confronted with the fact that they, by nature, are going to fail. So on the one hand, there's that. But then on the other hand, there's, and if we were able to meet this week properly, we would have gone to the last chapter. Uh, and the, the last verse in the book really captures the whole of the book. Uh, it says in uh, Judges 21, 25, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Uh, and in a way, that's the whole of the book revealing the heart of God's people. They didn't really treat the God who had saved them as the king over them. Uh, and when they didn't live like that, then they did whatever they saw fit. Uh, and the repercussions of that uh, are laid out before us. I mean, it's an interesting idea because I think that's what the book, like you see, that's what the book's getting at. When God as king, because of their own feeling and inadequacies, and yet maybe from a, a cynical perspective, you could say, well, what kind of God is that? What kind of king would that be? There's inconsistencies there, is there, do you know, with what he's asked them to do in terms of driving another nation out of this land that the Israelites inhabited, um, do you know, some of the conditionalities of his blessing and things like that. Ash, what do you think? Is, is there like some, is there inconsistencies in God's character? Can he be trusted? Is he the good king that we're really all after? What's the well? Is if you're asking me the question is can God be trusted? I would say yes. I think um, God can be trusted. I think, I think they they really. I think the one of the things that we see really is that they really. It's in part of the Old Testament. They really struggle to see um, what. It seem it looks from the outside looking in that they struggle to see what God's calling them to, um, or to, to keep remembering it. So I think God is. God's calling to holiness that's ultimately where he wants them to head towards holiness but 
this is a this is a I think and and the way that the way that we keep seeing them go through it is by is by tr um trying to practice this is but is by going back to routine and going back to um sort of like t traditions and it's almost like they seem to to hold it there but I think that there is a um yeah it, it do, I, I think there I think the truth of it is there is there is a tension there there in the if you hold it in the Old Testament story there is you c I do feel sympathy for any any of the um, Old Testament characters. Whenever I see them, I think yes, I see what God's asking you to. But I do think it, it as you read it, I think that tension takes you somewhere. I, I think I think you're left with the. So it's not an inconsistency, but I think it, I would say it's a tension that the Old Testament lives you with off, often as you see God's law laid out and you see the high bar that it is. But it, the only place you can ever end up looking is is well. I'm jumping ahead of the game, but is is to Jesus in that sense, in terms of somebody that can yeah. that can rest that, that can uh, resolve that tension. How do you uh, wrestle with that tension, Paul? Well, I think one of the most important things is remembering where it's positioned historically. So, so God's dealing with the world as it was, uh, and it was a world which was consumed with an understanding the of the divine other uh, and the gods. Uh, and so every nation understood that their success against other nations was their God's blessing on them. That, that was the language of the ancient world. And so what we see is God is willing to talk with the language that was understood at that time. That, that's particularly uncomfortable for us today, but uh, it was the only voice that was able to be heard in the ancient world uh, and so what we see over the journey of the bible is god speaks with the language that was necessary but nudges us all the time towards towards grace so that ultimately jesus says love your enemy and um, uh, and that's that's the journey that god takes his people on but is willing to speak to the nations around with the language that they hear, which is this tiny little nation, which has come from nothing, actually gains success uh, because their God is the true God. And it's an incredible thing, isn't it, about God, that one of the attributes of God is that he wants to be known. Absolutely. So he speaks to us in language that we understand yeah he reveals himself to us yeah. and he is patient in revealing himself to yeah. us through time through generations uh, and yeah it's like a, 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 just a really incredible thing God yeah is i think that's to be distant in that sense that's really important because i think what that tells us is that god is god is willing to use a language which is failing because of our understanding not because of his uh, wisdom or nature mm. uh, he's he's willing to be where we are and take us to where he wants us to be yeah so in the book of judges then if god is trying to reveal things about who he is what's he trying to tell us about who we are do you think in the judges we've got several judges who keep uh, appearing with each generation um, 
what's he what's he shown us in both his people, the Israelites, and in the judges that maybe reveals something about ourselves, our humanity, or yeah, you get any? I think um, I think on the one hand you look at it and you think, is this just? I mean, it just gets worse and worse if you if you go home and or if you're at you go home, you're at home. If you if you read <laughs> through this book, there's just this constantly um, downward spiral that makes you feel like. It's just a damning, the damning verdict on on humanity. But actually, I think it's just it's a it serves as a warning, you know, like a, a helpful cautionary tale. I think when you look you look at it, I think there is, and I think it, it yeah it rings out as a as a real red flag warning to to what human beings are really um, capable of. You know, I think they you can see as as the stories are told of the judges they allow you to get their hopes up in in some of them and you start to think oh these could be really brilliant this this you know there's brilliance here this this, the guy. yeah this is the guy that's going to save us and then equally you see the absolute um the, the worst the worst of people almost mm -hmm. yeah, you know yeah. a, a little bit reflected in the world that we live in now i think you look around and you think human beings have in, even in this moment with the corona corona coronavirus you think it's possible for human beings to be brilliant. You sort of, you sort of get your hopes up as you look at, as you look around. Uh, equally, we're fighting in the streets about about loo roll. You know, we can be, we can be horrific, and terrible. And I think one of the places that judges takes us to, is a bit of a reminder, I think, or it gets us to think, maybe, um, maybe the battle, maybe the the tension and the the struggle of the world is not, is not what it seems. You know, and it's not as black and white as it seems. Maybe it's a bigger, there's a bigger battle going on i think that that's one of the questions it's one of my reflections as we've got through the, this book is that actually it point it points to the brilliance of humanity and the and the our capacity for for being really bad and i think it hints that this is a you know this is not just this is not just decision this is not just everyday decisions there's a there's a huge um well i'd say a spiritual battle going on yeah. at the back at the back of all this so i think i think that's one of the things that it points to that's that's one of the things it tells us about 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 human beings, and that we we're going to need it. We're going to need a rescue in, in this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me just Let say me at this point, point, if you have any questions about judges, and or you've had questions as we've gone through the series, maybe you don't feel comfortable asking them on Facebook publicly, but you're welcome to ask your questions at hello at xchurch.org.uk that will come through to us and we'll do our best to try and answer them if you want to send any of them in paul have you have you had a favorite this series a favorite judge who you've just been like yes I, they're cool i like them um, <laughs> i think one yeah it's a bit tricky really because they're all a bit of a mess yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think for me, not so much the judge that is appealing, but I love the story of Deborah, the judge. And the reason I love it is because we have culturally this storyline about the message of the Bible being um, male-dominated, misogynistic, all of that kind of thing. And yet we find right from that point in time, God derails the notions of humanity at that point by bringing uh, a redemption from the story of Deborah with two women who, who actually don't go on and 
uh, are condemned in any way. Uh, ultimately, we see that where God decides to use women as witnesses to his resurrection, which I look at that and I think on this journey that God is taking us on through history, he's, he's one subverting the way we think he is. Uh, but secondly, I think he's, he's reversing, he's taking on, us on a journey of reversing the curse. That, that we are in crisis with each other uh, and God is God is taking us on this journey that actually if we trust each other, um, male and female, that that complementary relationship brings a wholeness and a completeness uh, and yet so often we're battling against each other. That's a bit of a long answer, but um, I love Deborah for that sake. Paul loves Debra. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a completely legitimately um, biblical way. <laughs> yeah. um, James, have you got a favourite judge? Thanks, Ash. <laughs> that wasn't in the notes. <laughs> well, my, my, mine's, mine's Ehud. So, and I don't know if it's just... Um, so Ehud... If, I, we did we did a talk on him way back. Um, he's in I chapter... I'm struggling to remember Ehud. Oh, he, I think he's Apologies one of the most. Apologies to whoever preached on it. Well, I think all all us left handers. So I'm a lefty. All of us left handers right, okay. you know, get get overlooked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, so this this guy is is either Ehud chapter three. Have a look. Awesome story. Or listen back to the talk um, on the podcast. He's he's either. He's either left-handed, which you would be, you'd have been discriminated against back in the day, maybe even get discriminated against now, or, or he, you know, he had, a, he was disabled in some way. But the whole, the whole world was geared up uh, for right-handed people. There's, you know, there's a bunch of verses that talk about the way that you'd grab your, you'd fight with your sword in your right hand. That would be, that would be the way you'd go. And this, this overlooked lefty from the tribe of Benjamin, it's awesome story, has gets to, gets to be the redeemer of God's people. He, uh, um. So I mean, it's a it's a like a brutal story, like beautifully well written. He sneaks. He's he's part of a, a you know um, a group a group of Israelites that are going to give a, a gift to King Eglon of, of the, the Moabite king, who's described comedically, I think, as being this this fat king. That's how it describes him. But I think it's really saying he's this he's this king who's got everything. He's rich and he's been able to fill his belly forever. And there's this meeting between Ehud. It's just, it's just awesome because the, you can see the King Eglon, he's just got no fear of Ehud whatsoever. He's fearless to the point where he says to everybody, leave the room. You don't need, you know, you don't need to be here. I've, you know, you need to protect me against this guy. You need to protect me. And, this, and the whole way through, and it's awesome because you, you, you're inside the story. He's, he's, made, he's got a double-edged sword that he's sneaked up under his outfit. And he deals with this guy in the most graphically kind of brutal way, the most in incredible way. And, and you know, and the trauma of this for the Moabites, you know, is, is, the, is the beginning of the redemption for God's people. It's this unlikely lefty. And it's one of the, it's one of the things I love about the, Bible, you know, about the Bible, about God's salvation plan, is that it's not, over and over again, it's not, the, it's not the things that we would expect. It's not the way that we would expect. Yeah, yeah, one of the yeah. compelling stories about the cross. It's, I mean, 
Paul, Paul says it, doesn't it? It's the it's the foolish and simple things, uh-huh. you know, not the things that are, not the things that you know are, are our reference points particularly. It's the foolish things of this world, like yeah. I think, like the cross that that are going to be uh, our redeemers. And and as I read that, I'm part of me is like totally blown away. I'm blown. I'm blown away by the fact that that's how it's going to work. And equally, I'm inspired because I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's this is how God works. He can use. I'm a lefty, you know. <laughs> you, know I've, you know, capable perhaps you'd say of little, and yet, you know, God, God can act. He can act in mm-hmm. in amazing ways um, to redeem the world. So it, it's one of those stories that you read and you think, man, yeah, this is this is empowering. This is I'm I'm so chuffed. Yeah, I'm yeah. so pleased that the truth of it is that our God works. I think you see that in, in Gideon as well, yeah. isn't it? That idea, idea of. Even in his dithering and his frustration, like not frustrating behavior, as you watch him, you're like, come on, Gideon, get on with it. And just to see God's love for him, God's faithfulness in the absence of even Gideon's faithfulness at times, and just God's persistence with us. And similar, as you were saying, as you get, you get that's inspiring because, because we are we are weak, we are weak and and, uh, and god is strong there's a couple of questions come through uh, guys if i can just uh, draw your attention to them at the beginning of the series paul made reference to a book on judges by someone david what was the book is that dale ralph davis yeah. dale ralph davis yeah yeah brilliant brilliant book and if you want to really, yeah, yeah, but very, very readable. Um, oh, live book review. <laughs> I beat him to it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we both got the book. Yeah, very readable. Um, probably speaks in a way which opens up the book in a very contemporary way. It's kind of... It is a commentary, but it's very engaging, very easy to access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the other one, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but maybe just um, briefly, if we've got an answer for this, why do you think the world has a sexist view of God when there are many examples of women being at the centre of God's plan, Deborah being just one? Well... Is that something we can answer quickly today? I think fairly quickly, yeah. If we go back to Genesis 3, we realise that there is a a curse on the world um, where God says, and this is not a good thing, uh, God says to Eve, the way he describes the challenge of relationship that we have, uh, your desire will be for him, your husband, but he will rule over you. Now, that has been twisted in the wrong way, and the ruling over has become almost um, uh, legitimizing uh, inappropriate male behavior. But we've got to remember it's a curse. Uh, And so God is continually taking us on this journey of seeing this curse and saying, do you remember how it was meant to be? Uh, That Eve and Adam were this um, side-by-side complementary relationship you've you're living under a curse and so don't be surprised if i take you on a journey where where 
I remind you that the journey is to change, to, to redeem us from the curse. So ultimately, we read God said uh, that, that in the new heaven, the new earth, there will be neither man nor woman, slave nor free. It, this picture that the, those status relationships that exist in this world are turned over and we live as one co-equals children of God, which is an amazing story. So does that mean, does that mean then that we... Do we have to keep wrestling with that too? That's I think we do. It's going keep, to be a constant question. That's for a constant battle, how that works out. Um, I think each generation is working that out in a different way. But one of the things that I would say is the church should be in this relationship of understanding how to uh, exalt each other, how to value each other on this journey. So thanks for those questions, guys. It's really nice to see you interacting with us. Makes us feel a bit more like a community. Also, really appreciate that. I'm kind of aware of time, so we'll try and just be about kind of five more minutes or so, if that that sounds okay, Ash and Paul. Yeah. Um, we've been thinking about judges, thinking about their flaws, thinking about this constant cycle of us just not getting it right and. I mean, we see that we see that from Genesis 3, where you know we're not getting our relationships right with each other. We see that in Judges. We've seen that now um, in the coronavirus. Kind of looking at Judges as a whole and and trying to sum up. Uh, is it something that God's spoken to you particularly about this idea of? God being in charge overall, um, the fact that we've called our series a sign of the times. Uh, yeah, where are you at with that? Some of that. And... Mine would be, um, yeah, we, we did call the series a sign of the times, and I think we've we've sort of referenced it a little bit along the way. But I think it is a sign of the times in that um, it's not that, and the stories look horrific, but they're not that. Most times, if you switch the ten o'clock news on or whatever, their stories are, are quite similar, and I think it reminds it reminds us of the world that we live in, and it reminds us that we are people that, as Christian as Christians, or I would you know I would say, as whatever whatever we are, whatever beliefs field, we need to be uh, renewed. I think um, so. That that's that's my uh, probably my big lesson is that. Um, that I, so I don't think, this, as we observe the book of Judges and how we observe the people getting worse and worse and worse, I don't think that's necessarily always the story. Um, but I think it points to the way that life can often go for us, and that the, so sometimes the best place that we can get to is the point where we we recognise that that that's the story in our own life that we have spiralled a bit, or mm -hmm. we've taken our eye off what what it really means that God's holy. You know, we've not we've not seen that or we've underestimated um we've underestimated what the impact of sin which is a big part another you know part of the back story of judges i think as well that, that that god's people didn't really seem to recognize how much that could d damage us and i think there is this there is real benefit in thinking right i'll get or even i mean it's a horrible place to get to but even when you get to the place where you think i've got to i'm at the point now where i need to cry out i think having that fear of god that reverence for god giving god that place 
um, is is where you is where we start. I think um, one of the things that you see in judges, again and again, the message is, we don't need help, we need saving. Yes. We need a savior. And God continues to bring these human saviors into the picture to, to redeem his people. But it's never, it's never perfected, it's never resolved, and it's always pointing to the idea that we need a better savior. Uh, and it's it's God preparing us for Jesus. I, I think we've tried at each step through this book of Judges to show that the saviors that that God's people get are a step, but not good enough. Uh, and so we see that Jesus becomes the ultimate savior. To the point, and it's just been going through my mind as we've been talking, we see these judges who are not perfect, uh, perfected. Uh, they don't read fully redeem. Um, and then we see Jesus with his disciples. And the disciples ultimately abandon Jesus. Uh, and he is the one who is left alone. So on the one hand, we might get, and I think in one sense, rightly, a frustration with the judges. Uh, in a sense of frustration with the disciples, you didn't do what you said you were going to do. But we need both of those to happen because we know that what we really need is the Savior who champions and triumphs alone. He is the one that brings this ultimate salvation. So it's necessary that the disciples fall away. It's necessary that the judges are imperfect because it's taking us to this ultimate savior this ultimate redemption in jesus i think that's a really great great point to finish on i i think this idea that it's jesus alone isn't it there isn't anything else there's not anybody else who will add to our salvation or be able to um secure is that salvation but but jesus alone maybe just as we as we finish um in light of the circumstances that we're finding ourselves in the i guess what feels quite overwhelming circumstances with coronavirus how do you relate that faith and that dependence in jesus in these kind of times have you got something you could share with us on that i think one of the things that jesus says to his disciples in john 14 verse 1 he says do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me and i think if we hold that in our hearts bearing in mind what we said earlier that god is still in control in the crises of judges god is still in control now and then he says to his children don't let your hearts be troubled that that's an instruction and an encouragement because we can't naturally do that i look at that and think coronavirus and everything that's going on my not my heart is not naturally untroubled i need to be reminded to not be troubled, yeah. uh, uh, to believe in God and to believe in Jesus. 
And so I think um, that's, yeah, that's really helpful. And as, as, as I can identify with what Paul said there, as somebody who has, uh, is prone to anxiety, not the place to admit that kind of thing, but the, the helpful instruction that Paul gives, I think, for us to pray about everything. Mm. Uh, for me in this, you know, so a whole heap of the times you're just going to turn to God when it's great or when it's terrible. But I think to bring every circumstance before him, is great advice and I think that's mm-hmm. you know that's something we can pick up on and I think maybe as well there's a sense in which we have to anticipate that we will be anxious over these over these times and we will our relationship with our God will be worked out as, mm-hmm. as we go through it mm-hmm. thanks very much guys and thank you for joining us online perhaps some good five words to finish on remember the God who saved you. They're a great five words and together we'll get through this. Thanks for your encouragement, uh, everyone. This has been an unusual experience. I don't know how you found it at home. It's been uh, a lot of work behind the scenes from our tech team who really excelled themselves. Um, and uh, we're very thankful to have the opportunity to communicate with you. Maybe just as a way of finishing, let's just spend some time in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time. Thank you that actually your spirit is not bound by walls and roofs, but your spirit moves amongst us and moves in your church and testifies to what is good and true. And so we thank you for your spirit with us. And we pray that just some of the things we've been able to discuss and chat through would have been helpful today. We pray that that would have encouraged people to walk closely with you, to take their burdens to you, to rely that you are in control and that trusting you as king and you as saviour is not foolishness but it is the life-saving blood that we need it is all that we need father in these times we admit we are fearful we think about some of the numbers that are coming from italy and we think about vulnerable people that are not just news figures, but actually people that we love and are dear to us. Father, we pray that you would protect them and bless them. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.